Hey y'all, welcome to the Functional Fitizio podcast, where we dive deep into fitness, movement, and the complex layers of your health, from micro to the macro. Let's jump on in. Hello, and welcome back to the Functional Physio Podcast. This is Dr. Nora Witten on today, and I am joined by Dr. Brooke Aiken. Did I say your name right? I probably should have asked before. <laughs> it's all good. I, I get okay. it all, so it's Aikens. <laughs> Aiken. Okay. All right, Dr. Brooke Aiken. Brooke is a movement-based chiropractor and owner of Motion Carolina Chiropractic in Cary, North Carolina. She moved to the area from Minnesota upon realizing that it is possible to live somewhere that doesn't involve single digit temperatures four months out of the year. Being from Illinois, I totally get that. <laughs> Minnesota is much colder than Illinois. So this was a good choice. Yes. The Midwest girls down here in North Carolina. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do not miss those winters at all. So much better here. Nope. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being here. Um, and we met about a month ago and I just really love what you're doing by moving to a new place, starting your own business and just your overall treatment philosophy. So I'm really excited to dig into this stuff with you today. Awesome. Yes, me too. <laughs> so why don't you, I'm just kind of start by telling me what made you want to be a chiropractor? Yeah. So growing up, um, I went to undergrad for exercise science and I kind of knew that I wanted to be in the healthcare field. Um, I actually looked at physical therapy um, as well, but I didn't quite uh, during school, I realized exactly what that was going to look like. So I took a year off and I actually ended up working for a chiropractor. And that was like my first experience with chiropractic. I knew nothing about it, but I got to see day in and day out them helping a ton of people um, overcome injuries, get, get out of pain. People were super excited to come to their appointments. So pretty quickly after working that job, um, I realized that's exactly what I wanted to do. And so I, uh, about nine months later, enrolled in chiropractic school and here we are. Nice. What is it like to apply to chiropractic school? Like for PT, like you have to have all these hours and like GRE and like, like, what do you have to do? Yeah. So the undergrad requirements for classes are pretty similar, but we actually did not need the GRE. So that was super nice. Mm. Um, so the application process actually was not too bad. Um, it's definitely not as rigorous as physical therapy school, but, um, as far as the requirements for classes, you know, all the science classes, it's pretty similar, but, um, yeah, I was able to apply and kind of get in pretty quickly. So that was nice. Yeah, that's good. And do you have to show that you've observed with chiropractors at all? You actually don't know. That is Dang. not one of the big requirements. So that's surprising. Yes. I feel <laughs> yeah, like I agree. You could apply and like have no idea what a chiropractor yes. <laughs> actually does. <laughs> yes. And that is, um, I would say a little bit of the downfall is that does happen for some people as they get into school and don't exactly realize what they're getting into. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. There's not as many schools as physical therapist schools in the country. However, they do enroll much larger class sizes. So um, some of the incoming classes are up to like 150 people. So um, yeah, it's a little different, but uh, yeah, kind of kind of the same um, classes that we took going in, but the application process is definitely a little bit less rigorous. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like all the chiropractors I know in this area went to school in Florida. Yes. <laughs> there's like yes. not that many, there's not that many schools. I know that in Florida. It seems like the closest one to North Carolina. Yeah, there's a couple of schools in Florida too. So I went to Minnesota, but um yes, Florida yes. would have been a little bit nicer. <laughs> yeah, definitely warmer. 
Um, all right. Well, cool. So what do you think is the biggest misconception that the public has about chiropractors? I think there's a lot of them. Um, yeah. So I think one of the, one of the bigger things is that we only treat back pain. Um, and I totally understand where that's coming from. Cause we kind of are known as kind of the back pain specialists, but in reality, we treat all kinds of musculoskeletal conditions. Um, a lot of things that are outside the spine, whether that's TMJ pain, plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, knee pain, shoulder pain, kind of all those things are kind of within our scope and within our wheelhouse. So that, I think that's a big one. Um, and another thing is, I think a lot of people think that we're just a quick fix, um, come in, get cracked, send you out the door. Um, and especially in my case, that's actually quite the opposite. Um, I'm kind of in the business of solving problems long-term and not being that quick fix for people. So those are the two of the biggest ones that I see for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I really liked about you. Like I'd seen you on Instagram uh, before we had met and could kind of tell from your Instagram and website (laughs) that you definitely were a little bit different, which I really like because I think, um, I think chiropractors are great. I have patients who have been very, very helped by chiropractors, but then other ones who kind of say they've seen the same chiropractor for like years, you know, like consistently. And I'm like, well, like, are you really fixing your problem? And, you know, certainly I totally get people may want to like come back and adjustments feel good. Or, you know, even with PTs, I have patients who kind of come, you know, regularly for maintenance work, but I think that, yeah, it's just a really important thing to not just get this quick fix, but then still sort of have that underlying problem. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and yeah, some patients love it. They want to come back every month um, just because they love how they feel. But I never want patients to feel like they have to rely on me, um, you know, weekly or monthly to get them out of pain. I really, I want to give them the tools to kind of stay pain free at home so they know how to take care of themselves. But that being said, if they want to come see me once a month, just to kind of check in, see how things are going, like, by all means, I'm happy to do that. But um, I never want them to feel like they have to rely on me to fix them. Yeah. That's awesome. So I guess you've kind of already started to talk about this, but, um, just kind of tell me like, what is your treatment philosophy? And then I'm also just curious to know if this had changed at all from when you started school to when you graduated. Yeah. So starting there, when I, when I entered school, I, um, I had only really observed kind of one office, which was a super awesome office. I had a really good experience there, but Throughout school, we do get um, kind of exposed to a wide variety of treatment styles, a wide variety of philosophies. Um, You know, we do seminars outside of school. There's a lot of different clubs. So it is a lot of sorting through kind of the different treatment styles and philosophies and just kind of finding what resonates with you personally. So I did definitely evolve over school, um, over the years during school. And uh, currently in what I practice like today, I do a pretty thorough assessment on the first visit to figure out what's going on, what's causing your pain exactly. And from there, it kind of looks like a three-step process. Um, Number one, my first goal is to get you out of pain. Um, What that looks like is it's going to be a lot of hands-on work, some manual therapy, whether that's the adjustment, dry needling, um, you know, myofascial release, whatever that is. And some starting with some simple exercises or stretches to kind of help with that pain management. And then from there is really addressing that root cause. So working on mechanics, building up strength, resilience of the tissue to really keep things from coming back. And then, um, like I mentioned earlier, the last thing is kind of sending you off with all the tools that you need to stay pain-free in the long-term. So that's kind of what my uh, treatment philosophy currently looks like. Definitely a blend of that kind of passive treatment um, with the manual therapy. And then 
always following that up with active, active treatment. So the patient is definitely always going to be involved with their care. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I love that three-step process. <laughs> oh yeah. You got to have it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's so important. Um, cause I think there's so much value in like manual therapy and adjustments and, you know, things like that. I definitely don't think that they're bad at all and do mm-hmm. feel really good, but I love that you're really focused on exercise and then that root cause too, and providing that education to patients too, of like, I'll adjust you, but this doesn't mean you're, you're like fixed. So. Yeah, for sure. And that's, uh, the the two kind of other pillars that I have in my practice. I always talk about education and empowerment. So I'm really big on education throughout the entire process. Um, you know, just constantly educating and not even, uh, you know, revolving around the movement, but also kind of talking about nutrition, talking about sleep, talking about stress, dropping in kind of little nuggets, you know, here and there throughout their treatment process. And then like I said, that empowerment to, you know, get people to really take control of their health and do what they need to do at home to stay pain-free in the long term. So I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point too, because I think the stress and lifestyle factors are so mm-hmm. important as well. Um, and I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure that you find this of like patients come in and they, you know, are like, Oh, my back is hurting more today or my shoulders hurting more. And then, you know, they start telling you about this stressful week they had and you're like yeah like that you know plays a role yeah Um, for sure stress and I think stress and sleep oftentimes go hand in hand so um mm -hmm. you know if 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 people aren't getting the proper sleep it is really hard for their body to recover um Mm -hmm. and you know if they are super stressed out all the time with whatever it is work home um that also just makes makes it really hard for people to recover recover so it is important to just address all the things that are happening outside of my office too. They're only, you know, they're only in my office for an hour of their week typically. So all the other things play a, play a really big role in it as well. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find that people are resistant to acknowledge that their sleep or stress is playing a role? Yes. (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah. And it's really hard to change those things. Um, you know, the sleep piece, I always, um, joke, you know, like new moms, which I know you are too. Like if you've got young kids, a lot of times that's really, really hard to prioritize sleep. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, you don't, you definitely have to meet people where they're at, but oftentimes if we can just make little improvements, um, at a time that can have a really big impact. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think just getting people to acknowledge it even is a big step, you know, when they can make that realization of like, Oh, maybe I didn't do anything wrong this week. Like my back mm-hmm. just hurts because I am really stressed. And <laughs> yeah, I just think acknowledging that or, you know, having someone tell them that is really important too, because that's their doctor's probably not going to tell them that. Like, yeah, exactly. They're just, they're yeah. just going to like write them a prescription, you know, and be like, oh, it's here you go. Um, cool. Awesome. All right. So can you kind of describe exactly what happens during an adjustment or an a manipulation and are you really putting bones back into place? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so no, I'm not putting bones back into place. I kind of joke. Um, if you have a bone that's out of place, you probably need to get to a hospital, right? Cause <laughs> a dislocation is a pretty serious thing. So, um, especially in the spine, there are a lot of strong ligaments surrounding those spinal segments and muscles as well that, you know, those joints aren't coming out of place, but what we're doing with an adjustment or a manipulation, I kind of use those terms interchangeably. Um, we're restoring segmental motion to that joint. So, um, you know, segment by segment, joint by joint, uh, in layman's terms, those, 
joints might get stuck. And all we're doing is kind of providing a, a thrust or a manipulation to a joint to restore that joint motion. And a lot of times that relieves uh, discomfort as well as just improves the motion, like I said. And the crack that people hear with it, I like to say it's it's not um, you know bones cracking or anything. All that is is the re release of a gas within that joint capsule itself. So um, that's what's happening there. So yeah, bones are not coming out of place. But um, although people might feel like their their joints are kind of out of place, um, which is a whole other topic. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we're just really restoring motion to those individual joints. Mm -hmm. So so what does cause that feeling? of it being out, I'm doing quotes, out of place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think typically when uh, people kind of feel like, hey, this really just needs to pop, to me, that usually signifies that there's a lack of stability in that area or a lack of strength. Um, so in that case, an adjustment or a manipulation is actually quite the opposite of what they need. They probably need to build up stability and strength in that area to provide mm -hmm. that support around the joint. That's what I see most commonly. Yeah. I think that's super important because I see that a lot too, where people tell me, oh, I just keep popping my hip or my shoulder <laughs> and then I'll, you know, move it around. And it's like, they have all this motion, uh, you know, it's like, I'm like, it's not tight, <laughs> um, yeah. and, you know? And like, I've had to tell people, I'm like, do not pop your hip anymore. Like, just don't do it. And I'm like, I know you're going to have the urge, but just don't do it. And like, the less you do it, the less urge you'll have. And like, it does go away. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. The, and like you said, the more someone does it, the more they often feel like they need to do it. So, mm -hmm. um, yes, I try to get people away from the, the self-adjusting or self-cracking because, um, once you do it, you know, once a day, all of a sudden you feel like you need to do it three times a day and then you're doing it every hour. And that, that feeling just gets worse and worse. So yes, I do encourage, um, to kind of move away from that. And let's maybe look at something else that can make that area feel better. Yeah. So then what would be an indication for a manipulation? Like what might you see? Yeah. So I, um, like I said, I'm just assessing for motion. So I'll kind of go through and, and palpate through, through kind of motion in the spine. And typically what, what I'm just feeling is for that segment to move, you know, through flexion, extension, rotation, and seeing if really, I'm just feeling if something feels stuck, that's the number one thing. So if, um, you know, there's a joint that I feel like isn't, isn't moving well, that's, that's the thing that I look for. Okay. Let's adjust there. And then, um, I look at regional and global range of motion as well. If, you know, if someone can, can move their neck, they can look all the way up the ceiling. They have super good range of motion side to side. Um, an adjustment probably isn't what they need, right? Because they already have really, really good, uh, regional and segmental range of motion. So, kind of assessing joint by joint, but also regional to see just how things are moving in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I like lay on the floor and pop my back, like I kind of rotate, you know, like I get that same popping sound is what's happening there. The same thing as what's happening during an adjustment. So kind of, so the, that sound is going to be the same thing. However, typically when people are kind of doing it themselves, the, the joint that's moving is the joint that's already very mobile, right? Because it's kind of the easiest one to go um, or to pop. So what's different between having, you know, a, a chiropractor do it or if it's a therapist provide that manipulation is we're adjusting or manipulating the joint that is actually stuck. So oftentimes doing it yourself um, 
you know, the joints that are actually moving or popping are the ones that are already freely moving and kind of moving well. So typically with that, you'll see the same, same joints, you know, every time they go to pop your hip, it's the same one over and over and over again. And that segment can actually become hypermobile. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the difference. I can be a little bit more specific and target the joints that are actually not moving well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, of how like the sound might be the same, but we're not maybe quite getting like the same movement, I yes. guess. Um, or like yep. that one, if you do have one level, that's maybe a little bit more stiff that mm-hmm. it's just not as targeted. Yep. You got it. Cool. Um, so tell me kind of what your favorite injury or body part is to treat. What Man, do you like to <laughs> it's tough. Cause I like to see it all, but, um, I say, I think recently, um, I have a couple of favorites. Uh, I'll start with plantar fasciitis that has been mm. recently one of my favorites. Um, for the reason that this is a really, really hard one to treat plantar fasciitis can linger for a super long time, but I think it's really important to assess not just, you know, the bottom of the foot, but also to work your way up the whole chain. So it's fun to assess, you know, the foot, the ankle, looking at, the, the calf musculature, the knees, the hips, the low back, and kind of the mechanics of the whole thing and how people run and finding the limitations and then being able to, you know, be specific and target there. Um, but that's also fun to, to see people overcome that because that plantar fasciitis is one that it really stinks. So mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. kind of people, you know, turn the corner and actually get out of pain, that's really fulfilling for me. Um, and then I also really like uh, working on neck and upper back pain, especially in people that are working all day, which is like all of us, we're sitting at a desk all day. Um, people who, who are getting headaches, you know, every day by five o'clock, they have the same headache. Um, that's, that's really enjoyable for me to treat. I always say, while headaches are very common, they are never normal. So <laughs> people will come to me and say, oh, it's just my, my normal five o'clock headache. It's fine. I'm like, well, <laughs> very common, but you know, that's not normal. So I really like to, to treat those patients and really just, you know, teaching them how they can move throughout their work day to keep that, or keep that, um, tension from kind of setting in and, and the headaches from setting in at five o'clock. That's, that's really fun for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a, um, a good point. Yeah. That's just like, you don't have to live with these yes. things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Especially with, you know, the COVID world and people working from home, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I see some, some interesting people, people that are, you know, still working from, you know, their bed or at the kitchen table. Um, and, you know, at two years in, it's like, okay, let's, let's find a better way. <laughs> um, yes. you know, let's, let's get you out of pain. This, um, this doesn't have to be the the normal way of life for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm sure that's so cool to see people not have to deal with that anymore. And just like you Mm -hmm. said, with the plantar fasciitis, that is just a pain to deal with. So getting people out of, out of that is awesome. What's Um, your favorite condition to treat? I want to flip this on you. (laughs) Oh yeah. So I really like treating diastasis recti. You know, okay. I see a lot of like, yeah. um, women's health. And I really like treating that because there's a lot of fear around it. Like people who have a diastasis think like, oh, I can't ever do sit-ups. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it, there may be times where we do need to avoid or modify certain exercises, but there's actually a lot that you can do. And I've actually given people sit-ups or sit-up variations <laughs> with a diastasis. So 
I always like kind of breaking those barriers and, and just showing women that they can be really strong and, you know, the, we probably can heal their diastasis and by heal, I mean, close the gap, but mm-hmm. even before it's closed, like there's just still a lot that they can do. And, um, it's more of kind of a whole body issue than like just your abs. I mean, like anything else we treat, right? Like we're yeah. not just treating like <laughs> right. at the site. And so I think that's really fun too, to kind of show people how like their whole movement, um, plays into this. So that's yeah, fun, that's I awesome. I love it. <laughs> Um, cool. So tell me a little bit more about just what made you want to open your own business and right out of school too, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just yes. graduated and moved down here and started a business. So tell me more about that. Yes. It was a little bit of a wild, uh, six months there, but, um, <laughs> yeah, all throughout school, um, it's, it's pretty common for chiropractors to start their own their own clinic or their own business. So it's definitely something that was on my radar throughout school. Um, but that being said, I, I kind of hemmed and hot. I didn't know if it would totally be possible, but the closer I got to graduation and then after graduation, um, started looking at some spaces and thought like, okay, like this is doable. This is something I really want to do eventually. So it was kind of like, why not now? <laughs> so yeah, I, I really wanted my own practice also to kind of help push our profession forward with evidence-based care um, and kind of be a leader in the profession and, and be able to incorporate active care. Like I said, be able to be able to treat how I wanted to treat, um, be able to spend time with my patients and create a space where I could do that rehab, do the exercise in office. Um, that's what really wanted to drive me to do it. So it's been super fun. It's been, uh, you know, I've learned a ton doing it, of course, but it's been really fun. And then, you know, down the road, Another reason is I want to be able to, you know, hire other chiropractors or physical therapists to come in and, and be able to work in a clinic, you know, like they want to, that has, you know, that active care setting, that rehab setting, um, and be able to, yeah, just create a space that's awesome for, you know, other chiropractors to work in as well. Yeah. Nice. And tell me more about what you mean by evidence-based care. Yeah. So, um, I guess within the chiropractic profession, unfortunately, we are a little bit divided um, and that there's kind of uh, one side of it where it's very philosophy based, um, you know, working more with uh, subluxations, kind of primarily treating the spine. And then there's kind of another group of us who are more evidence based. So, um, you know, following the research, realizing the importance of active care, the importance of exercise, And really with an evidence-based chiropractor, I think that we should look pretty similar to to physical therapists because that's really where the evidence lies is, you know, the importance of the importance of exercise and rehab and active care. So um, that's kind of the the side of things, obviously, that I that I uh, sit on. So, yes, we say evidence-based care um, just means kind of following the science, following the research and incorporating a lot of active care. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there's a, a really big divide, like with, between these two types of chiropractors, like this, this like war going on? Yes. Um, unfortunately, yes. I think there is, there is a little bit of a divide. Um, I love my profession, so I never want to, you know, be arguing or fighting with other chiropractors. And I will say this, I think that, um, no matter what side of the camp you, you sit on, I think that people are truly, you know, doing their best in what they think is the best way to help people. I think we are all helping people, but there is a little bit of a divide. And, um, 
you know, with, with the other kind of philosophy side of things, they probably wouldn't be hopping on a podcast to talk shop with a physical therapist. So, um, yeah, I love, I love, uh, what I do for sure. And I think that, that, that collaboration is really important. Um, we can all work together. We're all kind of seeing the same patients. So, you know, let's all work together to do kind of what's best for our patients. Yeah. 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 Um, I know it's, it's definitely, I guess, sad to think, think that there has to be such a big divide. And I guess in, in PT, I don't feel like there's maybe quite as big of a divide, but there's definitely some therapists who are, you know, kind of anti-manual therapy and then others mm-hmm. who have advanced training and manual therapy. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's important that everyone's doing what they think is best. You know, I always want to think the best of other PTs that they're not like, you know, just not caring or anything, but I definitely yeah. you know, can understand. Yeah, I would that. agree. And I, and I think that, um, you know, there can be a good side of side of that too, having these kind of differing opinions and that patient patients might be looking for different things and I might not be the best chiropractor for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might not be the best physical therapist for everyone, but there is a chiropractor or a physical therapist out there for everyone. So there are a lot of different personalities and a lot of different treatment philosophies. So yeah, it's about, you know, finding kind of who works for you and, you know, kind of the best fit as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is kind of a good segue into my next question is that there really are so many chiropractors <laughs> out there. And I think it just seems like there's more because they all own their own businesses versus with yeah. PT, like most of them are kind of congregated, you know, in like the mm-hmm. hospital systems or whatever. So what kinds of things should people be looking for or asking when they're looking for a chiropractor to work with? Yeah. So I want to start out with maybe what I would avoid. Um, I think that might be kind of an easier place to start. Um, so I would avoid kind of a chiropractor who x-rays every single patient. Um, you know, that's not exactly what the evidence shows it. We should really be only x-raying based on medical necessity, you know, suspicion of maybe a fracture or something super serious. Um, so that's one thing I would look for. The second thing I would try to avoid is somebody who has very long treatment plans that are cookie cutter or kind of the same for every patient. And so what that might look like is, you know, a 48 visit treatment plan, um, having to come in three times a week for eight plus weeks, um, something like that, that it's kind of the same care for every patient. And then I would also ask kind of what, what the treatment looks like if it's, you know, really only the adjustment or only passive treatment. Um, I would look for somebody who kind of does more, maybe longer appointment times or, you know, recommends or prescribes exercises, stretches, something other than just the adjustment to uh, help get you better. So yeah, like I said, um, looking for someone who does longer appointment times, someone Mm -hmm. who knows the importance of rehab and exercise, and then someone whose goal is to solve the problem long-term and not just be that quick fix. So it is, it is hard for the patients because there is a lot of different chiropractors out there. And so how do you know what to look for? Right. Um, mm-hmm. That is tough, but that's kind of where I would start. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are definitely good tips for sure. And I kind of forgot to ask this when we were talking about um, adjustments, but yeah. what, what do you tell patients to do if you do adjust them, you know, in the next 24, 48 hours, like, do you really want them like moving a lot more? Do you want them not moving? Like, what do you, <laughs> I'm guessing I know the answer, but please, please move. Yeah, what, yes. do you, what do you, yeah. So what, what are kind of your instructions? 
Yeah. So um, a lot of my patients have never been to a chiropractor before, which is super fun for me because I get to kind of show them what, it, what, what it's all about. But um, with that being said, if someone has never been adjusted before, I always say the most common thing you might experience kind of 24 to 48 hours afterwards, there's going to be a little bit of soreness, right? And that should look like muscle soreness that you might get from like working out, right? Kind of telling that that the area has been worked on. So um, that's most commonly. And so I just encourage a lot of movement, right? Joints mm-hmm. crave that movement. Movement's always going to be the best for just uh, joint health. So that's the number one thing. And then, you know, if there is soreness, some heat is going to help, but really it, 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 uh, you know, it shouldn't be anything major where, you know, the adjustment really flares you up, but those are going to be the, the two biggest things, just movement. And then, you know, if needed, maybe some heat or ice to, to kind of help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any of my patients who see chiropractors, I've told them like, if you can get adjusted right before you come see me, that would be ideal <laughs> because then <I'm> like <laughs> you'll be feeling good. You know, your body will be moving better. And then we can spend a lot of time strengthening and going through those movement patterns, you know, so it doesn't always work out that way. Cause yeah, people's schedules don't <laughs> match up, but, um, yeah. And I think it, in office, that's what I do too. Right. I start with kind of the manual therapy and adjustment because usually it just relieves a lot of that, that tension, stiffness that they're feeling, you know, pain. And that kind of gives us the opportunity to, Hey, immediately let's follow that up with some exercise and kind of reinforce and, and build up that area. So yes. Yeah. Cool. So what do you like to do outside of work? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, You know, building up the business, it looked like pretty much nothing. (laughs) I mean, it looked like starting the business, but no, we got a golden doodle, golden doodle puppy last summer. So he's Uh been super fun, Yoshi. So um, my boyfriend and I are, he's down here with me. So we like to play with him and train him and take him to the park, take him for walks. And then, um, Yeah. I mean, we're new to the area. So we just like getting out and exploring. We love checking out the local breweries. There's plenty of those to go around down here in North Carolina. Um, You know, it's, it's awesome being here because we can get out and see the ocean. We can get to the smoky mountains and, you know, there's just so much to do and see outside of the area. So Mm -hmm. that's what I, it's pretty much what we like to do. Um, You know, we get into some, uh, I don't know, reality TV shows and (laughs) stuff like that. I like to read. I mean, I like to work out myself. We've got a pretty awesome garage gym. So nice. yes, that's kind of a little bit of everything, but yeah, it's yeah. been, it's been fun to, to be able to get out and especially a day like today, it's 70 and sunny down here in North Carolina. So it's awesome. There's so much to do. Yeah. What's the temperature back home in Minnesota? Ooh, well, my mom's actually in town now from Minnesota. She said it was supposed to snow today. So I imagine it's pretty cold. <laughs> I think I saw single digits on the forecast for this weekend. So no complaints here. (laughs) Yeah. This is a good weekend for her to visit then. Oh, for sure. Yes. She's pumped. (laughs) Have you found any breweries that you especially like? What's been your favorite? Oh, we have a couple favorites. We really like um, Fortnite in Cary. Uh, They have a really good outdoor Mm -hmm. space. And then um, Vicious Fishes is another one down in Apex is the one we go to. Their place is awesome. They have a huge kind of like backyard setup with lots of picnic tables. And then uh, they also have a coffee shop in-house. So it's like half coffee shop, you know, for the morning and then brewery for the afternoon and evening. So that's a really fun one to go to too. Yeah. Those are probably our two favorites. Hmm. I haven't been to either of those. I think I've driven by Fortnite. 
and Carrie. Okay. But since we live in Durham, Carrie seems, you know, really far. Yeah. What it's, are not that, it's not that far, but <laughs> yeah. What are your favorite spots in Durham? I don't, I don't get to Durham much, but. So we really like high wire. Um, okay. that's like, it's pretty big. There's like some outdoor areas and that's usually fun. Full steam is another good one. I haven't been there in okay. a long time though, but yeah, that's good. I'm trying to think what else. I feel like those are the two kind of really big ones. They're well yeah, if, ones. if you haven't been to, uh, the box yard in our, oh, yeah. okay. I would, Oh, okay. I went to lunch. I went to lunch there one time, Okay, but I haven't. Yeah. Like, that's a good place. They just finally got all of their kind of vendors or restaurants opened up. So, um, I think full steam is there. They have a barbecue oh, place. Nice. They have a Mexican place, a Korean barbecue place. So we're probably going to check that out this weekend. Yes. It's a really cool place. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to go back there. I just, I feel like I never go that way. That's the only problem, you know, um, yeah. you just have to like take an extra trip, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Brooke, if people want to learn more about you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah. Um, my Instagram is, uh, at motion Carolina Cairo. And then my website is just www.motioncarolina.com. Those are probably the two, two easiest spots to find me. And then, I mean, my, my location, I'm in Cary, but I'm really, really more so Morrisville. So kind of Northwest Cary. Um, that's where you can find me in person. <laughs> cool. Awesome. And we can link that stuff in the show notes cool. as well. So awesome. awesome. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It was yes. super fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we will talk to you again soon and thank you guys for listening. Thanks. Thank you all so much for listening to the Functional Physio Podcast. We hope that you found it helpful. For each podcast, we'll include show notes. So if you're curious about a reference of what we mentioned, feel free to refer to the literature and references there. We hope this episode helped you think about the way you move and how your body is your ally as you navigate this life. Any thoughts about our podcast? Shoot me an email at jj.functionalphysiopt.com or follow us on Instagram. If you're curious about working with us or who we are, check us out at functionalphysiopt.com. Thanks so much.